0: Up everybody! Welcome back to the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. Today's guest is Lisa Coulter. She is a singer songwriter out of Nashville, Tennessee. She is in the country rock scene over there. Um, today, she talks about Taylor Swift, who is a huge musical influence of hers. Some two thousands pop punk, and of course, uh, her newest single "Chaos" as well as "See Me Now." Let's just get to it. Here's my chat with singer songwriter Lisa Coulter. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining me this evening, singer-songwriter out of Nashville, Tennessee, Lissa Coulter. What's going on?
1: Not much. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah,
0: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Anytime. Anytime. This will be fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, talk to me about how you got your start in the music industry. I know the scene is crazy right now over there, huh?
1: Yeah, it's insane, especially since like COVID has lifted. There's a lot of like back and forth, a lot of people leaving, a lot of people coming. Um, especially you know, now we're obviously we've gotten into the new college school year, but whenever we're in Nashville and Belmont and um, Vandy start back up, it always gets crazy around here. Um, but I got my start back in twenty sixteen or seventeen as a mm-hmm. full time musician. I had been singing like as a hobby since I was little. Like my dad will tell stories about how I would sing. To the musical annie in the back of the car like the the soundtrack the disney version of course i'm a huge disney girl
0: oh yeah <laughs> um
1: and i oh my gosh i could go on about disney forever, <laughs> well, we can, forever we can
0: talk about that at the end of the podcast if you want
1: yeah we'll, de- we'll <laughs> definitely get into it but um in 2016 i moved from medway massachusetts to westboro massachusetts and i was introduced to a vocal coach who i had just literally googled like vocal coach coaches in westboro because I had one back when I was in Medway and I just needed to find a new one. And the one that I landed on actually did vocal coaching, but also did like very, um, you know, beginner steps of artist development. So how to book yourself a show, how to make an income in the industry, like just very basic steps to be able to get in the industry and give yourself a start. And this is something that I had like dreamed about since I was, I can't even tell you like how old, like since I could remember. And
0: I didn't know how I was going to do it. A while. yeah
1: it's been a while right right um and I once once I found out that it was like something that I could get my hands on and like something that I could mm-hmm. do and work towards it was that was the end like college wasn't an option anymore no other career path was an option it was just music like that was it so um I just jumped into it my first few performances were at like a few open mics and Faneuil Hall um, out in Boston, which is like a super historic area, which mm-hmm. is like really cool to have the opportunity to perform there. And then um, I had some artists in the New England music scene who I'd reached out to really help bring me up and teach me how to write and, and show me the way. Um, and then, you know, a short year and a half to two years later, I decided to make the move to Nashville.
0: Yeah, Before we get to the Nashville part, that that intrigues me. I don't think I've ever talked about open mics on the podcast so talk to me about how that works you just call somebody up and say hey do you have any room available for such and such
1: yeah so my vocal coach actually like set them up so what she would do was she'd actually book like a whole like hour or two hour time slot during the open mic with like the people that ran it I guess
0: okay and so she, we would she literally ran the singing, show. yeah
1: yeah yeah and she literally we would be singing to karaoke tracks most of us which is so funny because like when you think of an open mic you think of like acoustic guitars or pianos like you think but half of us like didn't know like that whole thing like we really were like super green and all that um so we kind of had to start from scratch i was literally singing to karaoke tracks in a little cafe in worcester massachusetts that's awesome
0: that's awesome (laughs) all right so um talk to me about the move to nashville what was that like crazy huh yeah
1: so it was pretty insane so my friend Uh, Paige Davis who is originally from Massachusetts and just moved down here a few months ago she had come to me um originally was like hey I think I might want to go to Belmont for college like would you want to move to Nashville and be my roommate and I was like yeah sure like I don't plan to go to school but we can definitely like you know split an apartment together that's totally cool and she decided to go to UMass Amherst instead and and study um something beyond music she's super super smart um Mm -hmm. but then I was kind of just like well I'm not going to not go just because like the person who I was supposed to room with, like, what well, isn't going to go? Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, why, why would yeah. I just not go anymore when this is my dream? And I ended up just, just going. And it's kind of funny because she actually ended up staying with me my first week in Nashville, just like for a little like girls trip. Like she ended up coming down, but um, I ended up moving down and, it was, um. it was hard. It was learning to, it's not like college where like you're stuck in a classroom with people and you can make friends. Like you have to go out mm-hmm. and make your own friends and meet people at bars. And you have to learn how the town works. You have to learn how the industry within the town works and, and how things stack up and, and all of that. So it was very intimidating. Um, Lots of homesickness for the first year, especially the first year.
0: Yeah. And even I bet. now, like,
1: even now I'm only four years in and like I feel like I'm just getting the grasp of things, like just yeah. within the past like year or so.
0: Yeah. That I bet, man. That's gotta be crazy. I don't know anything about that, but it's just gotta be over but it's gotta be cool too, because you know, especially starting out, like I hate to sound cliche, but like you got the world in front of you, you know, there's no nothing really holding your back. So it's gotta be kind of cool at the same time
1: right it is really really cool and it's it's interesting when you break away from your parents and you have to learn um your own ways and your yeah. own truth well it's been a while for me
0: but i know what you're talking about i know what you're talking about
1: yeah yeah i did yeah, I did, yeah I did it's that super
0: too. right right so um see me now that was a year ago right so talk to me about that song it was two years ago was it two years ago okay so what uh talk to me about that song how that come about
1: um, Actually, it might have been a year ago. I'm so bad with time. Um, I don't know. But... I looked
0: real quick. It was like a Google search. <laughs> I... Yeah. But yeah, but... anyways, anyways, go ahead and talk about how that song started.
1: Yeah. So um, I had hit up one of my friends and I was like, listen, I'm not like, I'm not vibing with this dude that I have a situation with. Like, mm-hmm. very, like, he was. Had a girlfriend, didn't have a girlfriend, had a girlfriend, didn't have a girlfriend. And like, turns out throughout the whole entire like, time that we were talking, he had a girlfriend.
0: Oh man, sorry to hear that. Um,
1: I was friends with this. I mean, it, it happens. It happens. It's one of those things where you have to like, and this is where the song comes from. You just got to push through it and like, be the badass you are and like, really just move through that shit. And excuse my language, like, no, I no, have. There's
0: no parameters. Tracker,
1: tracker mouth right here.
0: No, there's um, no parameters. Have at it.
1: okay okay um but his brother I was really good friends with so I I went to his brother and one of my good friends Darian Lee so it was Darian and Nick Powell Lily who's on the track and was like listen you know how your brother is I know how your brother is I have this other great writer like can we just like write a song and it was funny because Nick was going through a very similar experience with um a girl that he was like seeing at the time. So we both kind of like came together with Darian and wrote, see me now um, and started kind of going in a rock direction. And I didn't, it was kind of foreshadowing something that I didn't know. I didn't know that I was going to go full force into rock. um, And that's where I ended up, but it's probably like one of my favorite power songs that I do during my shows.
0: Yeah. Look, it's got like 16,000 views it must've been, it must've been something good about it, you know? So yeah, cause I saw the I saw the uh, video, or yeah, I saw the video, and I picked up a line. Do you mind if I I got a question about a line in there? Yeah. All right. You said, let's see. Let's see if I can read my own handwriting. <laughs> I wish I could see your face, and it says, "Don't pick when you don't pick up." This time, is that what it was? Yeah. Is that like, that's crazy. I wouldn't even ever even think about saying something like that. I've been through that, though, where it's like where it's like, you know what I mean? Like you're getting through it and um, you like the person expects you to always be there. And then you're just like, no, not this time. I get that. I felt that. Right
1: right and that like that one day that you don't pick up you know that person's like what like yeah what is happening exactly, why aren't exactly. they attending to me
0: like they thought they thought you had him under your thumb and that's not not the case anymore
1: right right it was definitely just like a taking back my power song i think when you're in like a toxic situation like that you always have um i feel like there are always these portions or chapters of your life where you have to take your own power back from that toxic situation and that like that era i guess that was taking my power back you
0: know mm-hmm. yeah so chaos it just came out right um a couple months ago a
1: couple months ago yeah
0: yeah so this one i like that cover by the way i posted it on instagram to promote this interview pretty badass cover thank let's you. talk about that like thank you how did you like who create who uh had that concept of the card and the and the uh, so zoom out and a, all that.
1: I have a, yeah, yeah. I have the concept of the card. Um, I was like, let's do something tarot. Like what's a tarot card? Like I love spiritual things. I'm, I'm not good at like tarot readings. Like I'm still learning about them. I have my own deck and like, but I love learning about like spiritual things and energy and everything that goes around along in that realm. And I was like, you know what? Like let's kind of incorporate like, that part of my life into it would be kind of cool so the tower card um in some cases represents chaos and i was like let's mm-hmm. use the tarot card the, the tower tarot card um yeah. and we ended up like having to figure out ways to like burn it i ended up like researching really? online like it bad luck to burn cards like burn the tarot cards like that's well, awesome and it's yeah like, yeah it was like this whole thing
0: yeah because um, I, I saw the blue flame over the card. that's pretty awesome
1: right right and that was real fire like we didn't edit that in we had to like shake it out really quickly we had to That's do it awesome. a few times it burnt <laughs> edge. it was crazy yeah um, but then my photographer my photographer justin he goes by squeaks on tour <laughs> and we call him squeaks and, yeah sure and he he has a, a garage in his backyard um from the house that he um that they rent out and it was like the perfect setting for the shoot. And he was like, I'll just stick some red and blue lights in there and it'll look sick. And it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it looks pretty cool to me. So I was all here for it.
0: Yeah. So to the song itself, you start off with saying like, I say, should I don't mean? I say, should I don't mean all the time. <laughs> but right. uh, is that basically what it was? Was this like, I say, should I don't mean? And like, take it or leave it type deal?
1: Um, It's like kind of like a con- Continued lines, so like the first two lines are like, I say shit I don't mean when I'm mid-confrontation. So like the concept of like, we don't say things that we mean when we're angry at someone. Or oh. like, we sometimes say things that we don't, you know, we haven't thought through when we're in in the heat of the moment.
0: Like, you are not thinking and, you know. Um, how long did the song take to, the concept, like from start to finish?
1: Um, It took us two rights. Um, and I believe that was in january maybe i think it was january and then i got in the studio right away and i was like i'm recording this i knew this was like the first single i wanted to record to come back with because i needed something after a year or two and i was like i need oh you took a break um not like an official break but i didn't put out music for like a while like for like a year which is like a while
0: i mean um (laughs) yeah it's, yeah
1: with the amount that artists are putting out music today it's like yeah, every six pandemic
0: weeks, and, are yeah I get that I get that right
1: but like you have, after considering it all it was it was a while and mm. um so I was like okay like how am I going to relaunch myself what do I want to do and it was a lot of like okay like you grew up on early 2000s rock and that's what you love like Linkin Park and Creed and mm. Goo Goo Dolls, Matchbox Rocks 20, I know all Nickelback, about that. all
0: I know all right about that. and
1: i was like, okay like that's where home is for me like in my heart with music so like why don't you just dig into that like dig into what you know and i was like okay maybe we'll make kind of a little bit of a switch over we'll combine the two genres or whatever the case may be and um i worked for that on like three like i worked on that i mean for the last half of last year but then like through the three months of preparing the song and getting in the studio it was this big like Re-rebirth, I guess, is what I guess I can call it. Rebrand, rebirth.
0: <laughs> yeah, what I'm presenting Something like to that. my
1: audience, right?
0: Yeah. Um, why country to begin with? Is it just because Nashville makes sense, or let's let's go back a little bit. Why country?
1: Yeah. So I think I chose country. So rewind a lot. Um, my like K through. Twelfth grade years, like I feel like those are a whole different life for me, like I feel like that never happened i It's a part of my life that I just so I'm so disconnected and far from because there was just like unfortunately so much trauma in that time. It's just so disconnected from my now life, but when I was in middle school and high school, um country music was big where I was from, like it was crazy like we lived in this little tiny town in Massachusetts that had like cows and horses and farms and like everything like. We got our first mm-hmm. grocery store in that town when I was like 10. Like it was, it was crazy. It was a really small town. yeah. Um, and so when I got into, when I like went in with that vocal coach, country music just seemed the most relatable. I had tried so many different things. Um, I had tried like Colby Calais, like more like indie like that. You know, I had tried like a little Taylor Swift something, which I love Taylor Swift. I'm wearing jacket now, but. You
0: are, I love Taylor Swift. you are a Swift. I am. Okay.
1: Yes. I'm, like, I'm a huge Swifty. Yes. Um, but
0: first Swifty I've country, ever, I've ever interviewed.
1: Oh my gosh. First, I'm a huge Swifty. Yeah. I've interviewed a lot Swiftie. of
0: people and you're the first Swifty. I've had people say that, you know, she's all right. And I've had people, I guess that's no, a whole different, that's hard. a that's a whole different podcast though. The country Taylor Swift. <laughs> anyway, it is. sorry. It is. Continue. Go ahead.
1: No, it's fine. But that's like exactly like, that's what I was going for for a little while. And So like country was just like accessible and it was there. And also like in the rock scene, you can't get into clubs as easily to play them. Like they're more ticketed events. When you play country music, you can just go into any bar that's not ticketed. There's no expectation of you to bring a crowd. It's really easy to dip into. Um, You know, the ladder is definitely still hard to climb but between the two, it's a lot easier personally for me to get into country and I also related to the music like the storytelling was like huge for me which is something that is really important even as I'm writing rock music like storytelling is still super super important to me and that's something that I love about country music it was just like the relatable part so that's what I stuck with for the longest time because it was so familiar it was something that I knew it was something I understood um yeah. but as I as I grew like I'm 25 now so mm-hmm. around like 23 24 I started like understanding like Oh, I miss the nostalgic feels of jamming out to Lincoln Park with my dad in the car, like when I was, you know, eleven or twelve. You know, like I miss that stuff. Yeah, and that's the stuff that I really, like, I really found myself drawn to over the past I have few years. A
0: couple years. Of Taylor Swift questions: Were you okay. a fan of Taylor Swift before she went pop? Like, do you? I remember? saw
1: Fearless. I saw Fearless.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you know the real. That tale. was album. Out- yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. I saw Fearless when I was like really little and I had this pink or purple streak of something in my hair and like the most embarrassing my hair was all frizzy because it was summer and I didn't understand how to dress myself quite embarrassing um <laughs> but yeah no it's I, I'm an OG I kind of disconnected when she went over to pop yeah um because I was going through my own like my own stuff and like for me change was so uncomfortable so I was like mm, I'm gonna put that away for a second but the like I eventually came back around to it
0: yeah yeah, I remember that song. We are we are never, ever, 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 ever getting back together. I was like, how many times are you going to say ever? <laughs> that, was, that was funny. Hey, everybody. I hope you are enjoying this interview. Please check out bonfire.com. That's where the Sensibly Cynical merch is located. Um, WordPress, check us out there. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review Sensibly Cynical wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Instagram, Sensibly Cynical Pod and twitter at cynical sensibly now back to the podcast enjoy what are some other uh artists
1: um i think i think a big one for me right now is like like especially in the songwriting aspect like luke combs and morgan wall both of them um hardy is huge for me right now especially going into that rock stuff like hardy's really big for me right now i love listening to hardy um trying to think some on the female side I I love me some Miranda Lambert just because she has that drive to her songs. she mm. really like especially her early stuff she puts some really heavy drive I get that into a lot it.
0: from people Miranda Lambert that's yeah. a big one
1: yeah it's 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 truly just the drive in her songs that are just so kick-ass um mm. I do like Casey Musgraves um songwriting a lot um like Rainbow is one of my all-time favorite songs so I really love that song um, I really like what Megan Maroney doing right now, like she's mm-hmm. new and upcoming, which is really cool. Priscilla Block is, I mean, another one who's just doing great things right now. But I think I, I really truly pull from a lot of different artists and I listen and I find what I like and I don't like and I and I combine what I like and don't like and create me, mm-hmm. you know.
0: <laughs> What's the hardest part about doing all this?
1: Um... I think the hardest part is like keeping the fans engaged, like showing them that I actually give a shit and like really want them to connect Yeah. and like trying to create that community. I like love this so much that, and also like right now I'm playing downtown like five to six days a week.
0: And downtown Nashville, right?
1: Yeah. yeah okay. And when you play downtown, when you play downtown, it's like, it's not like on the road because like just to have a very real moment here. Um, I like to keep it real as much as I can. When you're down on- platform's
0: yours, you know.
1: It's important, it's important. So, but whenever you're down on Broadway, you know, these people, these tourists can go see as many acts as they want. Like you're just another one that they can just go and see. But when you're on the road, like you're expected to make those people's nights because you're probably the only band in town that night. So playing Mm -hmm. five to six days a week downtown has just been like sucking energy from me like crazy simply mm-hmm. because a lot of these people like I don't want to say they take it for granted but it's not as exciting as if a band were to come to your hometown and there to like hang out with you and spend time with you and all that it's like a lot different of a vibe so um it's just very energetically tiring and with the full mm-hmm. band shows physically tiring so keeping up with that while like juggling the business. And like I said, just like really creating the fan base and getting people to like, just come together over your music. Like I have so many fans in individual places. I'll have like two from here, two from there, five from there, 50 from there, you know, like, really? you know, just in a lot of places, but like getting them to come together in one community and like bond over the music, I think is yeah. probably one of the most like biggest challenges I'm having right now.
0: Yeah. So I had Crystal and Meadow on the podcast. About a month ago, and um, I couldn't believe she actually agreed to be on the show because her schedule, not that you know, I was surprised because she's awesome, but like as far as the timing, because she was like mid tour, you should go, you should go listen to it. She's like literally mid tour. She was like, it was like a two o'clock interview, and I I was like, (laughs) what? It was awesome, it was a great, everyone should check it out. Um, it was a good interview, and um, you're. You're doing some local shows, like you just said, right? But you're doing some coming up too?
1: I have, I mean, I play five to six times a week in town. And then I usually am on the road two weekends a month. Um, And I usually have two to, between two to four shows on those weekends out of town.
0: Okay. So what do you, what are the ones, what are some, not saying they're all like, they're only a few are notable. What are some uh, big ones coming up for you?
1: We're playing Lake of the Ozarks in a few um, few months. I think that's in July. I'm really excited about that. That's a ticketed event, and we're actually headlining the show, so that's nice. really exciting.
0: That's awesome.
1: I've never I've never been to Lake of the Ozarks, so I'm very excited about that. And um, that is and, in uh, Missouri.
0: Missouri. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, awesome.
1: And my good friend, my good friend Pete Lockwood, is one of the founders of the Whiskey Watering Hole concert series, which is mm. what it's a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really cool. And then the other show, which I'm gonna check my thing here, um, oh. it's it's Nashville in Nisswa, um, which is in Minnesota, and Stephen Paul Minnesota. Minnesota.
0: Minnesota. Yes. I gotta say it right, Minnesota. Yes, that's, that's yes. how they say um, it up there.
1: <laughs> it is, it is. And uh Stephen Paul, who's a Minnesota native but lives here in Nashville, he's actually headlining basically it's four Nashville artists going up to Minnesota. Playing their original music, getting their name out there. And again, Steven's from that area, so he'll have a really great following there. And it's gonna be my debut sh- show there. So it'll be yes. a lot of fun to introduce to don't, Minnesota.
0: Lisa, don't party too hard, okay? But just enough. Just One enough. show
1: In Massachusetts, well, I hope it's in Plymouth, in ad- the,
0: I hope it's in the summer because <laughs> weather's <laughs> gotta hey, be suck. A lot, a, lot, a, lot of,
1: a lot of the venues there are indoors, so you'd be very surprised um but it'll be at mm-hmm. proof 22 in Plymouth Massachusetts and I'm very excited for that to go home and share all the new original music and see everyone hug everyone and it'll be good to have friends and family there
0: Mm-hmm. awesome awesome um you uh you already answered what's the heart what's the what's the coolest part about all this
1: oh man um there are a lot of cool parts I think one of the biggest ones though was like the inner child and me being like yeah you're cool like you're doing something that's really cool (laughs) yeah Yeah. like and i'm not even in an egotistical (laughs) way just like a what you're doing is really cool and inspiring to others and like it's important for myself to recognize that
0: you got one life so enjoy it while you while you can and you know you don't want to do something you don't like so you know and to be honest you're really talented so yeah Thank I'm impressed you. by what you're Thank doing. You, yeah. um, so God. we talked about uh, country artists, what about rock music. I mean, you, I know you mentioned a few, um, but you got any like um, ones you're listening to now, like bands, like what's in your playlist?
1: I'm like listening to like a lot of Nickelback's new stuff. Um, I I'm glad that they made their comeback, but I also love like Hailstorm. Like,
0: nice, yeah. I yeah. um I like, saw Disturbed I ta- I saw Disturbed live when I was younger, oh that's
1: so funny I I you know what's funny I've never actually seen a rock concert oh um, you need so to I need to, yeah I need to but I also love like a lot of artists like pop punk artists right now like Taylor Acorn she's killing it she's newer to the scene Charlotte Sands who's a little more mm-hmm. um she's a little more pop um pop punk like just some really cool artists coming up right now in the scene even like Lauren Weintraub like she considers herself like country pop but she's definitely got like a little bit of punk in her and she's from New England as well so it's cool seeing people that are you know from where I'm from doing some really cool things so um and then like a lot of Creed like I love Creed I love Goo Goo Dolls they're my number one favorite band like really
0: Iris and uh Name
1: name i like and i like that.
0: i like name that's a good song it gets yeah, me it hits me. it hits me it hits me right here lissa that name song. it does for like, me too
1: i love that's probably one of my favorites. Like, oh well, man. Like favorite
0: and song. then and then after that i listen to black sabbath <laughs> i'm just kidding uh right. <laughs> no but uh pop punk like most people think blink 182 were you big into them
1: yeah i loved i loved link 182 growing up lincoln park was big for me
0: newfound glory um, yep
1: yep yeah. boys like girls <laughs> like the whole all night of, all we could them. go
0: on and on and on some oh. 41
1: all out boy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. us start naming bands you know yellow card right
1: <laughs> right, right
0: um I think yellow cards underrated only one and like they got a few others people don't talk about them and that's a shame um right what's the what's the future um for you like as far as you know do you see yourself staying in this genre
1: yeah I definitely see myself staying in rock however that looks like that might have a little bit of a country flair to it that might go full rock um at this point I've kind of stopped putting a genre around it because it's always the industry is ever changing and me as a human is ever changing like I think that it's important that people really start looking at music as just like the sounds and not necessarily the genre because there's such a tight restriction especially on country music people are like well Florida Georgia Line is a country and it's like well who are you to say that like who are you to to point that out like is there a book that says what's country and what's not you know wait
0: Um, what do they say it is
1: they say it's pop
0: it's news to me
1: right so it's like it's one of those it's one of those things where i don't put a name to the genre anymore because it's it's not it's not about the genre, it's about what's coming out of me and like the music and you know, the words and the lyrics and what's behind it, the messages, the stories. It has nothing to do with what genre it is. It's the instruments, you know, it's everything that that creates it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about some of the shows coming up. Uh, where can people find you on social media?
1: At Lissa Coulter across all platforms and then LissaCoulter.com. I'm trying to grow my TikTok a little bit. So extra plug for the TikTok. Give me a follow. At Coulter, Give me some comments, some views. You know, y'all know the drill.
0: Yeah. Last question. Um, You got a fun story on the road? Uh, something cool um, that happened or a prank or anything?
1: I have something cool that happened the other day. It wasn't on the road. It was actually in town I was playing, but I'll tell the story since we went off on the Swifty thing. Um, The other day... So Taylor Swift played Gillette Stadium, which is my home, like, home area, Mm -hmm. this past weekend. And I saw her at Nissan in Tennessee, here in Nashville. And the other day, we show up to my gig at Redneck Rivera, as we normally do. And Paul Sedotti, who is Taylor Swift's guitarist, was playing um, bass for one of the bands that was playing. And I was having a little, like, fangirl moment. For some (laughs) reason, decided to wear my Taylor Swift gear that night to my show, like, It was totally like, I had no clue he was playing with the band before. That's crazy. And um, yeah. And so um, my drummer, who was also my boyfriend, was very kind um, and went up to him and asked if he could play a song with us. And I think I'm just still starstruck from the other night. Wow. He played Love Story with us. And it was the highlight of
0: my week. Nice. Nice. Um, You have to be... What's the, like, how do you keep the drive to do it? It's got to be kind of, you know, draining the, or do you always have like a, is something that motivates you or is it just, you know, kind of the will to carry on, I guess?
1: It's the dream, like the dream, like selling out stadiums. That's what motivates me.
0: Yeah. Is that the ultimate goal is to be a headliner everywhere, tour the country, the whole nine?
1: I want to tour the world. I want to be at stadiums. Like I want to be right under where Taylor Swift is. I don't want to hit that level because that (laughs) seems like a little too much for me, but I I want to sell it like one or two nights. She does like two or three nights. I want to sell it one or two
0: nights. I, I have no idea how she's doing it. She's like killing herself. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, it's got to be be surreal, too. I wonder if she's sober, like, as far as no no caffeine, no nothing. She's got to be on. She's got to be take something to keep the dry. Like, you know what I mean? Not fall asleep mid. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. All right, Lisa, this has been awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yes. Uh, Take care, okay? You too. All right. Bye.
1: Bye.